Hello, welcome. I hope you're well. This won't take long. It's a short bite-sized episode of the Just Bloody Post-It podcast that revisits one of my favourite conversations from the past six seasons of the show. This is the second summer of Bite Size and this year each episode is getting its own word or intention that sums up a learning we can reflect on, hopefully on a sun lounger somewhere. I love that for you. This time, the word is creative, and our guest is the style editor and author Erica Davis, who's very deeply associated with Instagram for me, because she was the first influencer-type non-famous person I engaged with there. Do you remember there was a time when we didn't follow strangers on the internet? Instagram's the platform for me and lots of people I work with because it serves as a creative outlet for the things we love. In Erica's case, that's clothes and home styling. It is for many, but her account connects so effectively because she runs it like a brilliantly personal magazine. Not surprising for a former editor at the Sun newspaper, among others. What she shares and how she shares it comes from a place of genuine enthusiasm. She creates and shares and inquires because she's interested and That's why brands love to work with her. I asked her why these are the things she adores. So I work with lots of people who are creative, who need a creative outlet. What is it about fashion and interiors, do you think, that satisfies that in you? The fact that you could wake up in the morning and you can decide how you want to portray yourself to the world that day. You could wear whatever you like you know your you love your red lipstick I love my red lipstick it that is it's kind of like an armor it's a way of feeling and looking professional I love that sometimes I just want to put my sweatshirt on and have no makeup and really you know go to town on my skincare routine I just feel that with fashion and interiors it opens up this creative outlet and actually I think the two work really well next to each other I think if you can put a really good outfit together you can put a great room together because it's the way you layer and the way you use color in proportion and print in proportion and all of that sort of stuff together so I think it's just it gives you the opportunity to express yourself in a way that nothing else does I feel like quite a lot of people that listen to this show will will know will have a sense of your look but how do you build it what things do they all have in common it's interesting because for a long time I was very happy with my work look. My They were very compartmentalised, so I would have my going to the office outfits and I'd be sorted. And then I had my weekend casual looks. And now, since I've been freelance, which is probably getting on for the best part of eight years, I think now, I, they've obviously merged. So I am very happy in midi-length, colourful, printed skirts, printed dresses, I like contrasting them. I love mix and match. So I like clashing prints and colours. And I think I'm pretty similar with my my decor style. I love a bit of vintage thrown in, in wardrobe and in home. So it's a kind of mix of things for me. It was interesting. I was talking to a friend yesterday about this very subject. And we were saying how we can kind of see when something looks right to us. Obviously, it's entirely subjective. But I could see two colours together and know instantly whether they work. And similarly, I can look at two colours together and think, no, they're not quite right. And I think 
Um, that's what I try and explain. I don't want it to be super prescriptive on my Instagram. I really want to give people the confidence to find out what they genuinely like themselves. And I really hope that comes across because I don't, I'm so sick of, and that's what my book was about. It was about sort of ripping up the rule book and trying to find out what it is that you actually like yourself and how you can put those things together yourself. Why do you think you work on Instagram? How do you bring yourself to your content in a way that allows other people to kind of see it and recognize, you know, a like-minded soul? Oh, that really makes me happy hearing that because that's actually what I genuinely love. I love the fact that I feel as though my followers are just these kind, like-minded souls, you know, that if we all met in the pub, we'd all get on like a house on fire. That's genuinely how I feel. I'm very much myself on there. However, that isn't to say that I don't have my boundaries. I definitely, definitely do. And as time has progressed, I've strengthened those boundaries a lot. I've never really shown my children. They are 12 and 10 now. So they've been, I've been doing this for most of their lives. I just never felt comfortable. I really, really made the decision that this was um, me as fashion editor. This was my work and I didn't bring my children to the office. I'm not going to bring them here. And that isn't to say it doesn't work for hundreds, thousands of people on Instagram. And it does, uh, just doesn't, doesn't feel right for me. So that was one of them. I don't tend to show my husband, A, he'd hate it, but also I don't, my children and my husband are the most precious things in the world to me. And I'm super protective of that and our life. I don't really share where I live. I'll sort of be quite vague about it, but I don't sort of... There's lots of things like that. I do talk about my dad. So my dad has Alzheimer's. I don't go into specifics about it. Do you talk about that because you feel it might be helpful for other people though? That's what, yes. That's how I, that's how it comes across to me. And, And also from a selfish point of view, you know, I... I want to know that I'm not alone either. It's really lovely to get those messages from people who might be a little bit further along this horrible journey and they might be able to offer advice or I might be able to share some advice to people who are a little bit behind me in the journey. So yeah, it's not something I dwell on. It's not something I want to talk about because actually it's really hard and I, as much as I possibly can without being insincere, I try and keep it upbeat. I don't want to come on Instagram and start talking about things that bring people down my god the world is hard enough at the moment and actually if I can offer people a little bit of respite and a bit of colour then that's fine with me so all of those things I think really matter to me but that's not to say that I won't give people enough information that they kind of get a sense of me and where I am in my life. It's very possible to have it as a workspace, though, I think. You said when you started the edited, you did it intentionally because you knew you were going to be stepping away from work. So did you always have a mind that it, it might be part of your future work, creating stuff for yourself? Or no, not? actually, I, I didn't. And I think that's a really important point because I think there is an expectation that you might be able to create a work out of this. I I certainly didn't think that. And I think if you go into it with the expectation, it's sort of leading to failure because you're not sure. You just cannot determine how people will find you, accept you, respond to you. You just have no kind of guidebook to that at all. 
And I think mine was purely and simply, I wanted that creative outlet while I had two very small children. I loved my job. I felt very, I felt like my job sort of defined me in a lot of ways. You know, I used to, I'd be Erica from Look or I'd be Erica from The Sun or Erica from The Mirror. And then I was suddenly just Erica. Oh, right. Okay. What, who am I now? And I did go back to work. I went back to look after having my second child, but I was only there for about two years. And then I started to be approached more and more by other publications, by other brands to do things that I just wasn't able to do because I worked for another magazine already. So it just got to the point where I just thought, actually, the work-life balance isn't working anyway. All of my salary was paying for a nanny four days a week. And I was just, you know, coming home with sort of £100 at the end of the month that was what I was earning. So it was it was pretty tricky, but I just made the decision that actually I'd, I'd see what it was like. When did you think, oh, right, okay, that's an income stream, potentially? So pretty early on, I would be offered jobs with brands that I had worked with for a long, long time. So people like Marks, brands like Marks and Spencer, Debenhams, you know, the sort of the high street stalwarts that I had spent my entire career working with. I had those contacts. So that gave me a head start. However, I think once I left the magazine, a lot of the contacts kind of moved away because it's just, it's the way it works. They they want the people attached to the magazines and the publications. And But then I think you just have to kind of slowly, slowly, you have to believe that what you're doing has an audience. And I could see that because my numbers were increasing I could see that from the response I was getting in terms of messages and comments that there was an audience. And I just sort of started building my confidence. I actually thought, I'm going to give it a shot. And if nothing else, then I will go and copyright. I'll do copywriting for people. You know, I'll just, I'll I'll try and make something work. But it did. And then we moved out of London. And that's when everything changed. I I genuinely think it's because I wasn't trying to compete with all the cool people in London anymore. I had a house to decorate. My friends used to say, well, just put yourself on it because we want to see what you're wearing. Now, you know, doing school run and working from home. We want to know what you're wearing and where you're going to get these things. So it just it was a gradual process. But then I was approached by an agent and I went with them for a while. And then it just started to go up a gear there is nothing quite so effective for making your content interesting than being honestly honestly interested in it yourself you can't fake it forever create around what you love and I like the boundaries chat too I think many of us have learned that it is really possible to keep a lot for yourself and still give great value to your audience online Be a friend of the show. Share this episode with your friends online. It's how new people find us. Thank you. If you'd like to listen to the longer conversation with Erica, I've popped the link in the show notes and we'll be back next week with another bite-sized episode. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.